Hey everybody, Jesse here from Flyers Alley. Make sure you guys go to www.oldcitysports.com, old spelled O-L-D-E. Check out everything we got going on over there, all the awesome pods, all the awesome sponsors, everything we do, our live events when they happen. Check it out. Make sure you guys go to all our sponsors' websites, use the promo codes, do everything you got to do. Check out Flyers Alley, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, every Sunday. Later, guys. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Jesse here from Flyers Alley. Have an absolute legend in the alley tonight. Um, Former left wing assistant and head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers and current uh, head coach of the St. Louis Blues. Everyone welcome Craig Berube. Chief, thank you so much for doing this. It's an absolute honor. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Jesse. Yeah, we... um, I got to say, I I told a lot of people I was doing this, and no one believed me. Um, One... (laughs) Um, uh, actually Joey DeMeglio was the guy that actually, uh, got us connected and, um, he couldn't believe that I could get you on the video, which is, I really appreciate that as well. Um, this is a big deal for us at Flyers Alley. And like I said, I really appreciate you coming on. So thanks for giving us the time. Yep. No problem. Anytime. So I want to, I want to go back. I like going back to the absolute beginning. Um, you know, Junior's talk, Cam Loops, uh, New Westminster, Medicine Hat, and then right when you became a Hershey Bear. Is there any way you could walk us kind of from the beginning of that when you started off uh, with the competitive hockey? Yeah, sure. I was actually um, with the Cam Loops Oilers at the time before they became the Blazers. Um, a guy named Bill LaForge was the, the head coach of that team, and um, I was on their list, so – uh, I played uh, a year of tier two hockey in Williams Lake, British Columbia. And I was, I thought I was going to New West, I mean, to uh, Kamloops for camp. Um, but I actually got picked up by New Westminster Bruins on kind of a waiver wire. Like a, a bill had to leave me unprotected. Obviously, I think there's, you know, numbers and things like that. And I wasn't very well known, so I don't think that he thought anybody was going to grab me. But New Westminster was a new team coming in the league, and they grabbed me. So I ended up going there, making the team, uh, and ended up playing on a line with Cliff Ronning. Um, you know, as hockey people know, was one of the best juniors pl- players, you know, ever. I mean, I think, you know, he was putting up 200 points a year, and I was his winger, so – um, I was actually putting up some numbers too and doing my job there. And I played two years there. And um, I was a 20-year-old my last year. Wasn't sure what I was going to do. Uh, Ken Hitchcock was was now the coach of the Camloops Blazers, which they changed their name. And he called me up. Um, you know, Hitch is a local Edmonton guy. And um, he says, you know, I'd like you to come out and play for us in Kamloops. And I said, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, it sounds like a good idea. They got a good team. So as a 20 year old, I went there and, um, things were great. Um, you know, we were going real well and, um, you know, we had a good team and, um, 
one of my best friends was uh, was the other 20-year-old on that team. He was the captain of the team, a guy named Mark Kachowski. And, you know, uh, I got called in one day by Hitch, and he goes, I've got a bit of an issue. This guy is coming back from Europe. He's, uh, I forget his name, but he's a real good player in the league. Um, played for the Kamloops uh, Oilers and Blazers. Uh, he was kind of a legend there. He was going to come back and play as an overage and junior. And Hitch goes, well, we got too many uh, overage players. And I said, look, Mark's your captain. I said, you know, you, uh, you got to make a trade, make a trade. So he moved me to Medicine Hat Tigers. And, um, you know, I went from one good team to an even better team. Um, the Tigers were the best team in the – in the Canadian Hockey League that year. We ended up playing Kamloops in the finals that year. Uh, we ended up losing, but uh, that team that I played for in the hat went on to win back-to-back Memorial Cups after that. Bunch of good young players um, that were coming up in junior, and, you know, they got better and better. So that was kind of my junior career. Um, when I was in Medicine Hat, Doug Sauter was a coach and Russ Farwell was a general manager. And both of them were pretty tight with the Philadelphia Flyers. And I had some teams wanted to sign me to a contract before the year was over. And the Flyers were one of them. And um, I think Bobby Clark actually came out and watched me play in the hat. Um, and so I ended up signing with the Flyers before the season was over. Signed a contract with them. And that summer I went to uh, just a summer camp for the Flyers you know and just some training and things like that and go to I go to training camp that next year 1986 was uh, my first pro camp had a good you know had a good uh, camp you know like back then there was there was a lot of uh, action in those preseason games as right. you could imagine uh, a lot of fighting and mm-hmm. things like that so there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on there, but I um, got sent down to Hershey, Hershey, which I knew that was going to happen. But I ended up staying, you know, a lot longer at training camp than I thought. Went down to Hershey, and uh, John Paddock was the coach, and John really helped me and took me under his wing, you know, and and really kind of, you know, led me in the right direction down there, and um, you know, I. I did my job down there, you know, from the physical side of things and scored some points. And uh, it was a real good team down there, great guys. Um, You know, I had a bunch of good veterans down there that really were real, had a real positive effect on me and helping me. And so did John Paddock. He, he, you know, he was really in my corner. And I ended up getting called up that year. I think I played 50, maybe 50 games in the minors and I got called up. And, uh, you know, Mike Keenan liked me, like, and, and so did Bobby Clark. But the coach has to like you and has to give you an opportunity, which Mike did. And we ended up going to the Stanley Cup final that year, and I played some uh, games uh, in the playoffs, which was which was great, and great experience. And just being around that team with the guys on that team, Mark Howe and Dave Poole and Brad McCrimmon, Rick Talk and Scott Mellenby. You know, Brian Prop. Like there's there was just tons of guys, and it was a real, um, you know, tight tight group and and great leadership. And I learned so much being around those guys. And 
obviously got to be real tight with Rick Tockett and Scott Mellonby and still am today. Um, so that's kind of like how my pro career got going and from junior on. Now, did so obviously everybody knows, you know, Philadelphia Flyers have that grit and that uh, blue collar mentality. Was that something that you knew uh, coming from through juniors going into, say, like when you become a Hershey Bear and you're in the Flyer system? Is that something that you knew that you were going to, that you did when you were in juniors and knowing you were going to bring over into your game in the AHL? Yeah, I think, you know, when I went to the AHL, I actually thought I could, you know, score some goals and produce a little bit. I think that you kind of get the wrong idea. Coming out of junior, I scored 70 points, scored 30 goals. I mean, but like when pro is so much different and, and that's where John Paddock really came in and really, you know, put me in the right direction of what I needed to do to play in the NHL. Um, Because, you know, you need, you need that sometimes, you know, you just, you think you're better than you are. You think you can do maybe, a little bit more than what you really are capable that, you know, the American hockey league is a great league. It still is today. And, um, you know, I wasn't talented enough to do what I did in junior there. So I'd kind of had to take a little bit of a different path and roll, which was great, which was fine by me. I didn't have an issue with it. And then I, when I got up to the flyers, Paul Holmgren was there as a coach and uh, Paul and I became real tight. And uh, he was another uh, real mentor for me throughout my career and still to this day uh paul is a great friend and uh you know we see each other a little bit and talk and you know i think again you got to have guys in your corner like that they're really going to bat for you yeah especially those guys i mean they're like yourself they're absolute legends as it is too so but signing a contract was you know you got to try to figure out and I had Russ Farwell and Doug Sauter who knew the Flyers and knew Bobby Clark and these guys pretty well. So I think that's important to have where you make the right decision because, you know, how I was going to play the game and be effective, I had to fit into a good team and I had to have a role. And I knew that going into Philadelphia, I had that opportunity to fit into a good team and play a role for, for a good team. Yeah, that you did. I mean, you're an absolute name and legend in this town. So, I mean, you know that. I mean, um, but with that said, you like we talked about, you said you played with uh, uh, Tockett, uh, Brian Propp, uh, Scott Mellenby, Kel Samuelson, at Doug Solomon. Um, wh- life's pretty good when you're when you're kind of uh, hanging around with those guys. Yeah, I mean, wh- wh- who who are you hanging out with when you're uh, you're on that Flyers team? Who are you palling around with? Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, probably Scott Mellonby and Rick Tockett, I would say the most. There was a couple other young guys in that team that um, were, like, in my situation, getting called up from Hershey and stuff like that. So I was around those guys quite a bit too. But I think, like I said, it was a pretty tight group. I think we all kind of hung out together quite a bit. I know Brian Propp and Brad McCrimmon were pretty tight. and uh, Brian Propp had, you know – them guys were all over at his house all the time hanging out. So I was, I was one of those guys over there too, but you know, I mean, like Timmy Kerr, like Timmy Kerr was a great guy and, you know, really on the road and things like that. I would hang out with him a little bit too. And Dave Brown, and there's a number Murray Craven, Ronnie Sutter. Like there was just a ton of guys like that, you know, and 
a guy named Terry Karkner um, got traded there a few years after, and I became pretty good friends with him too. Um, I mean, so there was a number of guys that would, you know, we'd hang out with each other. And I don't, I don't think it was just, there was no click, click, there was no clicks, you know, it was like one big happy group. Yeah. I guess that makes things a lot easier than, yeah. I mean, a lot of, it's a, it's a little clickier now. I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the press box. I see some of the, most of the players, uh, it's kind of clicky a little bit, but, uh, I think things back then were definitely a lot easier and, uh, going than it is now. With well, that I think day. back then, you know, it was just a different era and a different time for sure. Like, you know, the players, they really relied on each other. That's what they had, you know, and I think um, they really used each other for, you know, confidence and, and, and uh, you know, amongst other things, I think. And today, you know, players um, – very confident people, um, you know, coming into pro hockey and um, rightly so, you know, they're real good. They're good players and they've been, you know, you know, treated a certain way for quite some time before they turn pro. And I think just with the phones and everything else, it's, you know, it's just different now, you know, like we couldn't wait to get out of the rink and go for lunch together and hang out. But, you know, you, you get fed at the rink now and, you know, players all eat at the rink and, you know, they're just, they have different agendas, you know, they have a lot going on outside of hockey. And, you know, so I think it was just a lot more simpler back then. There wasn't a lot, that much going on outside of just playing the game. You know, it really wasn't. Right. Um, so you're with the Flyers. Uh, I think, I believe you played uh, three full seasons with just the Flyers instead of, you know, going back to, to Hershey. You were with the Flyers for three years. And and then you get traded to, to Toronto and uh, end up with the Capitals and the, the Flames as well. But then you end up back in Philadelphia. Is that something that you were, like, excited to do? Or was it kind of like, was it, was it like, I don't want to say like a bad taste in your mouth because you got traded, you know, to Toronto and, you know, you ended up on a couple other teams uh, before you come back to Philly. But uh, is that a good, is it a good thing coming back to Philadelphia? Because I mean, you're playing with uh, yeah. I mean, now at that point, you're playing with like Lindros and Leclerc, and you know, it's kind of the kind of the almost the Legion of Doom almost at that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, trades happen. I mean, I think Bobby Clark had gotten let go, so somebody else came in as general manager. I think it was Russ Farwell, actually. So he made some moves. I think he traded Scott Mellenby and I. But anyways, uh, I was in Washington for quite a while and um, had a real good run there. Um, George McPhee asked me if I wanted to be traded at the deadline, you know, and, I, the, you know, he says, you want to go back to Philly kind of thing. And Philly had a pretty good team. And, um I, I said, yeah, you know, so I was excited to come back. Um, you know, Philly was home, you know, for me. And, um, you know, we came, I came back to a real good team again, and it was a great group of guys. You know, I ended up, we ended up losing that semifinals uh, to the Devils. That was a real good team. And again, Rick Talker was on that team myself and, we just had a number of guys. It, it reminded me of back in the eighties with the flyers, that group of guys real tight and really got along. Well, you know, enjoyed being around the rink with each other. And, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Um, we had an opportunity that year to do something and we got beat, but, uh, 
you know, I was I was excited to get back there and, and play again in front of those fans and be in that town. So I, I got to ask you, uh, Wells Fargo Center or uh, the uh, Spectrum? Yeah, it's different. I mean, I think the old Spectrum, that was a great place to play in for sure. Just, uh, you know, going back to the 70s and winning the Cups and um it was it was a real it was a great building it was a tough building for the opposition team to come in and play um you know it was the fans right on top of you it was loud you know wells fargo's great too but all the buildings they're all the new buildings have changed for sure right so i think there's always a soft spot for me the old buildings you know they just got a lot of character and um, it just seemed like the fans were really on top of you it was a lot more energetic a lot more blue collar too, I guess. You know, it's changed corporate now quite a bit in all the arenas, and you know. But when you have that blue collar fans in the spectrum, and you know, there's a lot of energy in that building for sure. Uh, speaking of blue collar fans, I don't know if you're familiar with the game where the fan fell into the uh, penalty box with Ty Domi. Yeah, yeah, that was one of my dad's good friends. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, Quite a situation there. That's uh, yeah, that's once in a lifetime type of thing there. I mean, I remember seeing games. I mean, I would sit down with my dad. We would watch games from from uh, you know the older days, and uh, you know players going into the stands. I didn't believe him until I actually saw you know videos of that. But uh, I'm a big fan of the older days compared to the uh, nowadays. Um, I, I like my you know I'm good friends with Frank Bialowis. Um, um, I, I like my you know, grinders, enforcers, and it, for that to kind of be diminished. And I, I get it. I understand it. I don't like it. But, uh, you know, it kind of it – ha- I believe it still has its role in the game. And, you know, that blue-collar mentality, I would like that to stick around for as long as possible. Yeah, I, I think there is still, you know, some, you know, situations where that kind of hockey gets played at times. And you can, you can use a guy here and there, but – the game's changed a lot, you know, it's, it's speed and skill for sure. But, you know, teams that win in the end, when you win a cup, you know, you do have to have that physicality. You have to have the toughness that's, that's needed to win. And size matters. It really does. Um, you look at teams that have won the cups the last few years, going back to when we won, you know, and even Washington before that, they're big teams. And they're heavy teams, and you know that's that's a style that's really you need to have in the playoffs. Speaking of uh, size, and I mean he's not really a, he's not a, a big guy, he's bigger than I am. But uh, you guys made one of my favorite ca- uh, flyers of all times, your captain, the other day. Uh, yeah, Braden Shen. We, I mean, I believe that if Joel Faraby came back to us with that trade, I, I literally just bought his jersey the day that he got traded. And I just haven't had I, – I won't put it up on the wall. I just – it was devastating. But it absolutely one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah, and mine too. I mean, I've had Schenner since he was a kid in Philly. And and then when I went to uh, St. Louis, he got traded there. And, you know, it's been here since. And we made him our captain. It was a great choice. He's he's really earned it. He's He does everything right on and off the ice. And he brings that toughness. And, you know, he, he understands uh, – you know, the game really well and what's needed in a game. You know, maybe it's a fight, maybe it's a hit. He kind of does it all, right? 
and still, you know, scores goals and produces for you. But uh, great person, uh, very well respected on the, in this in this city of St. Louis and the organization and the team. His teammates love him, so I was very happy for him when he got named captain. Um, yeah, so you obviously now you're the coach of the St. Louis Blues. Um, was coaching something that you you always thought that you would be interested in, or was it something that was popped up to you randomly one day and you just went with it, or is that something that you would always thought you would do? I don't know about that. I think uh, when I got traded to Washington, I became good friends with Dale Hunter, and over the years, him and I watched a lot of hockey. He loved to you know watch hockey. After our games, you know, we're not playing. We'd watch hockey and talk about hockey all the time. And I think that's where I kind of got the bug that I might coach because I knew he was going to do something in hockey after. And he ended up buying a junior team and still owns it today and coaches it. So I I figured I was going to get involved somehow into uh, coaching at some point because, um, you know, I wanted to stay in the game. And for me, that was one way I could stay in the game is by coaching. I wanted to be down in that locker room and around the guys. You know, that was my life. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't, I don't, I, I haven't run into too many uh, players of your caliber uh, that have gone to, um, you know, coaching and have, have, have actually stayed coaching for as long as you have. I mean, you were, you did coach the Phantoms, uh, coach the Flyers, and then now, I mean, uh, the St. Louis Blues have won a uh, Stanley Cup under your your reign, so that's a, that's a huge huge thing. So, yeah, it's like uh, you know, um, when I was I played in Calgary in 2002, and that next year I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was uh, in outside of Philadelphia living, and um, you know, Paul Holmgren called me up one day and said, "Why don't you come down and skate with the Phantoms and help them a little bit?" And, just be around the guys. So I started doing that. And um, next thing you know, like. Oh, no. I can hear you. Yeah, I, that I'm sorry. What something went out on my computer, man. Are That's all good? good. We good? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't see it, but it's no big deal. Hang on. Should be able to get that back on there. No. Is, yeah. there, is there something I could do? So in the in the, I think in the bottom uh, right there, it should say mute. Oh, yeah, I got it. There oh, you go. There yeah. You go. I'm sorry about that. So, um, just going back, you know, Paul Holmgren asked me to come out and just kind of help the uh, Phantoms and be around them. And next, you know, you know, I was I actually played some games, asked me to play some games, which was fine. But 
then, you know, they just said, you know, we want you to, you know, stick around here and coach. So I actually uh, started coaching that year and uh, working with Johnny Stevens and Shell Samuelson, who was the assistant coach. And, you know, the rest is history that way. I uh, I actually have one one last thing for you. Like I said, I would try to get this thing if, if there was a time crunch, but it's a really, really big question. It could be sure. answered any way you want to. Um, if Craig Berube of 2023 could give uh, advice to 1982 Ken Loops Junior Oilers, Craig Berube, what would it be? Give advice to that guy? Back yeah. Then? yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I... You know, I, I don't know. I think I go, I think about back in my career and I think about, you know, you always, you always think that you could have done more, you know, you, you could have been a better player. And if I had to give advice, I think that I would probably tell Craig Berube back then to put more time into, you know, becoming a better hockey player. You know what I mean? I always did the work off the ice, the training side of things. I, you know, kept myself in good shape, but I could have done more when I was younger. And I think I could have become a better player if I would have worked at my game a little bit more in junior. You know, I wasn't, I didn't take it that serious in junior, to be honest with you. It was just something to do. And I enjoyed doing it and I had fun. But I think if I would have taken it more seriously, I could have been a better player and maybe, you know, turn pro and, and, you know, scored more goals or whatever, you know, but I just don't think that I, um, you know, took it seriously enough. When I turned pro, I really got serious about it all. Uh, but it kind of always already was established of what I had to do and what I was going to become, you know, but uh, I think, you know, that I probably could have been a little bit more serious and, you know, done a little bit more, a lot more, maybe, you know, when I was younger to become a better player. Like I, I see these guys, what they do in the summers now, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's like, it's a year round. It's a year round job. I mean, they don't stop. Like we got guys here all summer skating and training and doing off ice and doing all sorts of things to become better players and try to improve. And our captain, Braden Shen was one of them. You know, he didn't leave St. Louis. He was skating all summer, working with players, working, you know, different guys that are here and um, they just, it's a year round job. I also do think, and like I said, it was the last thing I was going to, going to ask, but definitely have to put this on there. I feel like you guys were built a lot different though. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they're doing that too. Like they're doing the year round thing. And, and uh, for you to be able to do, if you're saying that you, you don't think that, or you think that you could have been a little bit more serious and maybe trained more in a different angle, what you were doing, not normal people can do. I mean, you know, I, I my, my father was a, and still is a, uh, a roofer, a general contractor. There's not a lot of people that could do what he could do at like 70 years old for you guys to go. And what he did when he was younger, can't say on the air, but, um, you know, for what you did, like in Philadelphia and the other teams that you played for, not normal people can do, and that's an absolutely amazing thing. So I don't, I don't think you should, you know, cut yourself too short there. No, I'm not. I mean, we what we did was wasn't easy. I'll tell you that it was hard, and it, it's uh, hard mentally too. You know, to be able to to go out there night in and night out, and you know, you gotta, you know, drop your gloves and you gotta fight and you gotta, you know, 
take big hits and you know it was a tough game and um there was no you couldn't there's no bailout you know it, that wasn't allowed then you know you you had to answer the bell you had to hang in there you got to have to do what you had to do because you know jobs you could get cut any time back then you know it's different nowadays right the contract salary cap and all that stuff so it definitely uh you know I always use the word toughness. You know, it's one of my favorite words, and that's not has nothing to do with fighting. It it has to do with just playing the game hard and doing all the things that you need that are needed to to be successful. And uh, you know, I'll say this: uh, back then, you had to have toughness to play. Speaking of that, and like I said, I keep saying we're going to end this, but um, I, I do believe, and I. I don't. I don't like talking to for, former uh, enforcers nowadays about just fighting because there's just so much more in, into it than that, and I, I don't want anyone to think that that's all they were. And that a lot of guys that I talk to feel uh, offended by talking about it, but a lot of people that I talk to ha- haven't fought. Um, oh, what's his name? Red Wing. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Probert. Yeah, Probert. Um, and you, you did that, correct? Yeah, Bobby and I fought probably eight or nine times in our career. You know, we we had a lot of battles. Um, you know, he was obviously very tough, big, strong. It was a lot. It was tough. It was tough fighting him, but uh, I fought him a lot. You know, it was like we just kind of ran into each other and, right. and uh, went at it. Yeah, that uh, I watched a couple documentaries on him, and he was another one. I wish I would. I could have the. The chance to talk to you obviously i can't do that but um yeah um like i said we can wrap this bad boy up uh craig thank you so much for for doing this this is so big to me and so huge for my network and and my podcast and everything and just thank you so much for doing it um if it, it could happen again when you guys aren't so busy that would be great maybe after the season ends and you know you guys probably win the stanley cup um because well, i sure know we're not doing it. um but yeah, if, if if that's something you'd be interested in, I would love to have you come back on. And um, yeah, thanks so much for doing it. I appreciate it having me on, and we'll try to connect and make that happen. All right. Awesome, thanks man. Thank you so, thanks you so much. It. You got it. Take care.